1: You can find links to the shows, mp3 files which you can download, or links to your favorite platform like iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and all other major sources. You can find information for upcoming and past talk show appearances as well as new book projects at MarlenePardo.com. You can also purchase books and merchandise there, and you can visit my author page on Amazon at Marlene Pardo Pellicer. Due to popular demand, I'm narrating my True believer stories that have collected throughout the years in a new series called Supernatural Storytime. You can find links at supernaturalstorytime.com. If you are into classic horror, ghosts, and adventure stories, I narrate some of those at Nightshade Diary, and you can find links at nightshadediary.com. If you would like to read noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. I do want to thank you all for being part of my audience and I think you are all wonderful. Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing? Good, I hope. I'm doing really well. As you can tell, I'm a little bit sweaty because again, it's hot. I mean really hot and steamy here in South Florida as you all know, and the kind of weather most people get, maybe in August we get it in April and May and June and stuff like that, but otherwise it's great. Very hot, very humid, Uh, typical South Florida weather. But anyway, let me tell you a little bit about the guests that we have here today. I'm very excited to welcome Dr. Mary Barrett. Now, she is out of Lexington, Tennessee, and this lady talk about you know how you hear about the 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 renaissance man this is a renaissance woman she she's a spiritual reader a consultant paranormal investigator ordained minister uh she's a doctor of divinity reiki master she's also master hypnotist master life coach master nlp neuro-linguistic programming she's an author she's worked on missing person cases of course she performs weddings and helped many people with life coaching she also has books, classes, videos. She is also a private investigator. So believe me, we have got plenty to speak to Dr. Mary about. But let's start with a question that I always start with, and you know what that is. First of all, let's let us let me welcome her. How are you doing today, Mary? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? Great, fantastic. Anyway, and, and all my audience always knows this is the, the question that I always ask all my guests was how did you end up getting involved in this field, especially as an adult? Was it a childhood experience or something that just developed later on as an adult?
2: I believe I've always had um, the abilities to do what I do, and they just kept accumulating. And I can go back as far as a kid, especially when I was 14 years old when my dad died. But um, I have always had the abilities. I didn't always recognize them because I did not grow up in a psychic medium home. But I recognized them. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine recognized it before I did. So Why? Because it's been you were an interesting. Was it something along the lines
1: of clairvoyance, or was it that you were seeing some type of entities? What What kind of um, experiences were you having? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, the first one I could actually remember, um, I was 14 years old, and I know there was more younger ones, but I really haven't dug that deep yet. But okay. when I was 14 years old, um, I was in a classroom in eighth grade, and for some reason I would keep getting up of my seat, running to the bathroom, and throwing cold water on my face and not knowing what was wrong. And I would come back to my room, and I would do it again and do it again. And it was like, gosh, probably about quarter to two. And then we got out at 2.20, and my mom and the neighbor was waiting for me. And my mom said, well, maybe we should take you to the doctor and get a B-12 shot. Now, back then, they always get B-12 shots for Right, everything. yeah, I know, right, yeah. Yeah, so I went to the doctors, and the doctor was on the phone, and then he got off phone and he just sat there which was really weird to me and he told me that my father you know my father had died and that explained my anxiety and my not being able to sit still and feeling like I was going to pass out and all this other good stuff so and then the doctor was the one that broke the news to you Yeah, my mother didn't know how to strike it. Oh, my My God. Okay, I
1: was about to say, I guess, you know what, and I don't blame her. I hate to say this, but, God, that must have been a difficult thing to do.
2: Well, it was really, really weird because right before my mother found out, Mm -hmm. I mean, this all happened within, like, three hours. Okay. My mother was sitting on the floor polishing our chrome table set Mm -hmm. we had. And back in the 70s, that's what you had. Yes. And um, she was talking to my father. He was sitting in the chair, um, you know, where my mother was working. And they talked about things. And she never did tell me what they talked about. She told me it was between him and her. Right. And um, then the phone rang, and it was my stepmother. She had a quick call to my mother. My mother hung up on her. Because my mother knew. My mother knew, you know. So uh-huh. then, um, finally, my stepmother called again, and my mother finally answered the phone. And she told told my mother that about a week and a half ago, my father was killed in an accident about a week ago. And what happened is he found deer hunting with a friend in North Carolina mm-hmm. and with my uncle. <laughs> and they all went their separate ways. They came back. They noticed the driver had been drunk drinking and he was drunk and they didn't want him to drive well he insisted on driving anyway so they were coming down um the mountain in morganton north carolina and the guy lost control of the truck oh
1: my god they
2: went over a hundred foot embankment and my father was under the truck when all was said and done and my uncle and the other guy never even had a strike on them
1: you mean your dad was so, the only one that got hurt in the, or, well, that he died in that entire yeah.
2: accident? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He fell out, and when he fell out, um, he rode down the hill and the truck landed on top of him.
1: Oh, boy.
2: So. So
1: he had already um, been, yeah. basically, he had already died, what, about 10 days before you guys actually found out, is what you're saying, right?
2: Well, he died on the 4th of December, and we found out on the 9th of December.
1: Okay, okay, but still it was like a week. Yeah. Wow, my God. And But your mom knew, so. Well, my mom knew like an hour
2: before I did.
1: But your mom knew was something was up. It sounds like she was aware that. Oh,
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't make it clear my mother and father were divorced and he was remarried, but anyway. Oh, well, no, um, when you said
1: your stepmother and everything, I kind of got that idea that, yeah, that. And when you said yeah. that delay, it sounded, I said, you know, this
2: was, you know. My mother got the call from my stepmother about 10 after 1 in the afternoon. Wow. So right after she got that call, I started getting all kinds of feelings. And to tell you the truth, I hate the death feeling. Because, you know, you know somebody's dead, but you don't know who, and it was really bad. But after I had went home, it was, I went to the doctor, and the doctor told me, and I started screaming, and, you know, a 14-year-old doesn't know what, you know, what's going on. It was a big shock. And even the people in the office was like, what's wrong with her? Because we all know. They all knew me, and they knew that, you know, I got a shot. I didn't scream, whatever. But um, I went home uh, after getting a double sedative, and it didn't even affect me. But I went home, and I looked in the mountains, and I saw a cloud that was just in the pure green mountains, just a white spot that looked like a cloud, and I had such peace come over me. And ever since then, my dad has been my spirit guide. He's been my daughter's. He um, consulted my, you know, comforted my daughter when she was almost hit by a really bad car accident, and he's been around. My grandkids have seen him, and you know, really? wow. so
1: that So he visits. It he he and... checks in on
2: the family, huh? Oh yeah. And other times, I, like I never really paid too much attention to it. My um, my son was at school. Next thing I know, I was. I tell my mother, Hey, let's go for a ride and we'd bump into my son and his friend skipping school. And oh, his friend would say, How in the heck does your mother always know when we skip school? I'd always be thrown in their path, you know? Oh, but yeah, like, yeah, it's been an interesting it's been an interesting journey.
1: I but it was like, We're just gonna skip school, but you're not going with us because somehow or other your mother always knows. <laughs> That's good. Yep.
2: <laughs> yeah, my kids, my kids all know, you know, they usually come to me,
1: okay, mom. <laughs> yeah, right, I was going to say, it's like, might as well be honest up front. But, so it's, here you no. go, you, you had this event in at 14, which, Mike, it's adolescence, it's like, wow. I mean, it's difficult at any age, but I think, especially at that age, it's very, very difficult. So, what happened, did you, how did that affect you? Did, did you shut down uh, for a while, or... How did you, I guess, go into adulthood and get more involved in this field?
2: Well, things just started happening, and I really blew a lot of it off because I didn't know. And then when I was in my 30s, my neighbor said to me, go buy yourself a a pack of tarot cards. And it blew me wide open, and I didn't need any kind of tools whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I could sit here and um tell you exactly you know I can either do you know um missing persons describing where the person is at, I could do telepathic um whatever you wow. know i'm I'm really pretty good at what I do that's.
1: That's fantastic because sometimes um, it it does happen that way, where people you know when I say that life gets in the way you know you've had these experiences mm-hmm. as, as young but then you know we get busy living you know uh, and things like that get pushed aside until one day almost as like if the timing is right. Uh,
2: well, we were in we were in Germany, and my husband well my husband was in the military. We mm-hmm. were in Germany, and you know we had death. I'm going on, and I told them I said, "Look, if we don't go and get that settled over there now, in ten years our sons are going to be back over there." Okay. Well, it was 1991, and then 19, um, and then 2000, and you know we were back over there again. Yeah. You know, yeah. so my predictions. Yeah. Were there. Except you know, I just blew them off. But I had um, it was really weird. I had my friend, and this was my first missing person. Okay. My friend, um, well, actually, she was a client. She called me up and she says, "Mary, my da- my granddaughter's missing. I need your help." So I described right where the girl was at. So she was working with the police in Oklahoma and and. Um, private investigator and bounty hunters trying to find this girl. Well, when she told them all what I said, they said, get her out here now. Okay. So I went out there, and they took me to the area they thought the girl was in. I said, yeah, she's right here. She's like within the block. And was she and, a runaway, or was, she, or were they afraid that she had been abducted? No, she was a runaway. They know it. Okay. okay, okay. She took off with her boyfriend. He was hiding her. Wow. And I was, like, right within the block of right where she was at. She was, you know, you can't see through houses, but you know where they're at. Mm -hmm. And I pointed out a couple of houses, and she was in one of them.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, let me tell you something. Uh, They sometimes uh, kids don't, don't know what they put their parents or their families to when they do stuff like that, I'm telling you.
2: Well, there was more to it, and um, I really can't say too much about the subject, Mm -hmm. but I ended up coming home and then going back there and putting her under hypnosis to get the reason why. And child services were involved, and she, um, yeah, it was a mess. It was a total disaster. So what, there was a history of child abuse
1: or something else along those lines?
2: Um, I really, okay, don't worry, it don't say. worry,
1: don't worry, enough said, enough said, I understand better than you think. Um, yeah. so you were, you were, you came to the rescue in more ways than one, in other words.
2: Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, um, I came home and then a day later had to turn around and go right back there because, um, children's services and the police and stuff wanted me to put her under hypnosis and uh, record it all and that's what we did okay okay well let me tell you uh
1: yeah and i know it, it yeah it can get it can get kind of crazy um yeah. as far as when they behave like that that sometimes there is more to it than just being you know like what they call a teenager especially when you're talking something as like as extreme as running exactly. away you know yeah sometimes you have to yourself exactly. why why is this kid you know i'm not gonna tell you sometimes they do it for no good reason in the sense of there is but it's always good to find out what is going on behind the scenes in other words
2: exactly and i'm a big believer i'm a master hypnotist so i'm a big believer
1: in hypnosis oh i am too because... so that's why what i said i understand perfectly well what you mean as far as uh, and and you know a lot of people have I think a little bit of uh, preconceived ideas that are an error about hypnosis, okay, and things mm-hmm. like that. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 very useful at, at times like that, especially if mm-hmm. if you're talking maybe uh, events that were traumatic or painful. Exactly. You know, human beings. That's what we do to survive, to keep our sanity is we bury them. But they're still there. Yeah, and
2: I, I've had some rape victims and, um, you know, other people that have been hurt in this world. But I have also had people in past lives that they mm-hmm. have carried some stuff over yes. that we have gone into the back. And I have um, some YouTubes up there where I did a 75-year-old woman okay. that was afraid of fire trucks. And she kept calling them engines. And find out why until I put her under, and she'd been killed by a engine, uh, an Indian back in the 1800s. And wow. now she goes, now I know why I was so afraid of fire trucks. Wow! Just because they were called
1: engines. Right, so, yeah. exactly. And her, and people think, but the 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 mind is really weird that way, especially when yeah. you're fearful. How's that?
2: Especially when we're fearful. Well. I had one guy tell me I did this on live radio in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. He said it was like one side of your mouth is saying something, and then the other side of your other side of your mouth and brain are saying, "Why are you saying that?" Right. You know. So yeah, it really it's interesting, and I love sure. my jobs, all yeah. of them.
1: Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. It. Uh... As human beings we're very interesting S- simple complex at the same time but very interesting as far as uh what the mind is capable of and then of course you know there's also the spiritual component that exactly you know sometimes it's is not addressed how's that you know I mean, and i and i want to say I, I, you know sometimes when people act erratically they're medicated and that's not always the answer because there's something going on at a spiritual level that no drug is gonna take care of
2: See, and that's what I wanted to say also is that, you know, a lot of women, doctors blame this uneasy feelings and the anxiety, all on PML. <laughs> I know, I know. You know? And that was my problem growing up. Oh, you're just PMSing. Right. Well, bullcrappers, you know, yeah.
1: mm-hmm. it was my psyche trying to tell me things. Sure. Sure. And uh, so let, let you... me ask you, you tell me, I don't know if you've had the same experience. For example, I would have a client come in for, when I say weight control, usually what we would address is, let's say choosing the right foods. Okay. Or whatever. Or, you know, going commitment to the gym. And it would develop that sometimes weight problems were just a symptom. Cost, yes. but something else you see what i'm saying and yeah. it would and and, and and they wanted some time and they kind of recognized it and, and i said you know we can't throw the kitchen sink in at everything but i'm gonna say that a good 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 portion of the clients i had unless there was something organic a lot of their weight problems or an ability to follow through let's say with going to the gym or whatever it is that they had you know walking actually how was there was a deeper layer under there Yeah. Yeah. that was really th- that's really what we need to address. But I had to take it slower. And it was like, I, I'm not doing therapy. We're not doing therapy. I can only hypnotize you to address certain things. But it was like almost like what you said, when you layer pack a little bit. And of course, they become more at ease around you. You know what I'm saying? Especially mm-hmm. they have no prior relationship with you and they feel more comfortable. And they then they then things start coming up and it's like, OK, but we got to do this slow.
2: Um, exactly. And what I try to do is I try to make them feel like I'm their new best friend. Right. You know, I sit exactly. there and I talk to them and get them comfortable. And then they feel good enough to go under. Mm-hmm. And I've had very good success rate except for one police officer that would not give up control. Now, but one of those. <laughs> yeah. I well, when I was going to put him under, he had... He has, He was armed, so he put his gun. Oh my God, God, please stop. I have to laugh because I was
1: going to (laughs) say I had the same experience. One time I was going to do a police officer. And all of a sudden I see him and he's going somewhere. And and I was like, Where are you going? So I'm going to go get my gun. And I was like, Where do you think you're going? Where do you think I'm sending you? (laughs) It's like, You're going to take the gun? What? You know, like (laughs) they kind of think like you're going to beam the.
2: In South Dakota, we're looking forward to exploring new roads and wide open spaces. When you're ready to travel, go great places. Learn more at travelsouthdakota.com.
0: We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network Verizon. Best and most reliable, based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks.
1: To another dimension. <laughs> that is great well, because,
2: a, uh, yeah, I did. I did an event, a past life regression event using hypnosis, and all of them were police officers. Oh my life. god, that must have been a long day. Well. No, it wasn't that bad, but I had one guy. He was built like a house, tall and, you know, really built. And I'm like, oh, shoot. So I had him sit across from me, Uh and then when I had him under, I had one police officer on each side of him and one over on me in case he knocked the table over or he came flying over, and I'm telling everybody else, get back. But he was good. He was good as gold. He went under... Told me some
1: stuff, came right back out of it, and it was great. Well, people sometimes are under the misconception that you kind of forget or go to sleep or whatever, and it's not. You, you, you're there. You're aware of what's being said and done. You're just really super exactly. relaxed, you know. But people kind of think that you go like fall into the well of oblivion when you're hypnotized, no. and it's that's not the case at all. On the contrary, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I've had that experience with those super analytical types, like you said that. Um, they overanalyze everything so, so much. Yeah. And uh, and then, of course, the ones that, that uh, I don't know, the, the, their imagination runs away with them, and they kind of think, like, what? where do you
2: think is going to happen here? <laughs> it's like, what? Well, a lot of times um, when I put them under past life when they want to know things, mm-hmm. we go ahead and I get them all their information, like their names, their ages, where they were, how they died, and they can go up and look you know, look it up and see if they can find out. We had one girl, um, her mother and I grew up in the same area, and Mm -hmm. they moved out. But um, this one girl had the, well, actually it was a boy and a girl, that were kidnapped by this guy. And it was a kid. Mm -hmm. And uh, this girl I put under described everything. She had no way of knowing. It was even before she was born. Wow. So, and they had moved out of the area, so she didn't know anything. She was the girl that was kidnapped. What? Yep. Yep. She knew way too many details. And um, she told me about her and her brother doing this and that. and Yep, she had been the girl that had been kidnapped. Wow. And
1: once she became aware of that, how did she handle it?
2: she was okay so oh, that's pretty cool um her mother and i the minute the girl started naming the street mm-hmm. and where they were going right and who took her and where they were found and where they were put i mean she named details that there was no way in right. no way she could have known this yeah and some of it wasn't even released to the public. I just had happened to um, talk to the mother of the kidnapped children, and I knew some inside information. And when she came out with all this, it was like, holy cow.
1: And was, yeah. and, and was she related, or did she live in the same area? Did she have any type of connection? Nope. Nothing. This,
2: this was before she was born. This was way before she was born.
1: But there was no connection. You know how sometimes people live in the same area, their families or their friends? So in other words, there was no... No. Okay. That's so
2: interesting. Okay, let's put it this way. She was... This happened in 1981. Okay. And she was born in the 1990s. Wow. And she had moved out of the area, and she did not know anything. Because it was, you know, it was done and over with. Nobody ever even talked about it after that. Right, right, right. I know what you mean. Did anything, no,
1: she didn't know anything did, uh, did anything even... become resolved for her or anything that did she ever say hey after i had this experience uh... um what do you mean you know because sometimes people have phobias or they have dreams nightmares or they have certain no. feelings there was nothing there for her mm-hmm. it was just like seeing a movie in other words
2: yeah she okay. She described the name of the streets and everything that she wow. like she was born in that area but okay. then she was taken out of that area and she didn't know she told she told us where the kids were taken from and wow. named the streets they traveled to get to the place that he killed them and hit them. Wow. That's incredible. She took us on the route. Mm, yeah.
1: Incredible, incredible. Have you had, yes. uh, Mary? Have you have you run across any uh, with the hypnosis um, since you do past life regression? Anything with spiritual attachments?
2: Um, yeah, and um, I've taken care of that. There's been a few, but not really, not really bad. I mean, you know. Y- y- demons and um all this is being overused well no 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 and, and, I, by, and by this way and, and
1: i totally agree with you i think it's overdone i'm talking spiritual attachments as in sometimes like dead people you know like humans no nothing so we don't have to go out there and, it, and i totally 100 percent agree with you that i think that it's overdone for the shock and awe factor which exactly it's like yeah that i think that's honestly i think it's very very rare uh, despite yeah. what people was portrayed out there.
2: Yeah, and I want to touch on this for a minute, because I have, you know, this one client, I finally had to actually block her. She would call She me up and tell me she had a lot of weird things going on in her house. Okay. So I went to her house, and I, you know, I did the staging, the cleansing, and the closing of the portals. Mm-hmm. I did all that. Well... Then she started calling me up and telling me that the people are coming up from her yard. Oh. (laughs) There's a bunch of people in her yard. There's hundreds of people walking around. And I mean, I can't say it's not true. Right. And I won't say it's not true. Mm Uh-huh. But I also think that the woman needed to get a little bit of a reality check. Yeah. Because... I think what happened is a lot of people are watching the shock and awe,
0: you know, with these demons,
2: and now they're bringing them into their own homes, and there's something new. Absolutely. Well... I I have gone into homes before, and I'm like, there's something here, and I'm really good at being able to find portals and feeling things and mm -hmm. stuff like that, but this woman was totally... It, to her, it's just to get worse and, worse and worse and worse and worse. And there was nothing there. And I had already been to her house and did everything that I could do. I did everything. on I did work on her. I did work on her husband. Right. You know. Um, and when I left, everything was settled and gone and everything was. And then she started coming up with this other stuff. and Well, I'm like, you know
1: what? One of the things I tell people is, you know, I tell especially. And, I, and you know, you do have people who have mental illnesses, you know. This Exactly. Believe me, I, I I mean I've worked as a paranormal investigator since the nineteen nineties and I've grown across my fair share. And to be honest with you, sometimes not all the time, sometimes they have an overlapping paranormal event or spiritual turbulence going on around them. But like you just described, you could go in there and help them out and clear it out, but you can't do anything about the mental health problem. So it's like you know, and then also what you were saying is uh they the invitation can people think of an invitation as what we think of as like as i invite you but people humans sometimes put out invitations and in a lot of very weird ways that stuff like this will take you up on okay as in expecting it or like you said watching a show and going wow wouldn't that be interesting and <laughs> the next thing you know somebody takes you well, up. well
2: i'm it. probably gonna get I'm probably going to get shot in the butt for this, Go but on I'm going to say this anyway. <laughs> and I'm very vocal, and I don't hold anything back. I shoot from the hip. Mm-hmm. But there's just, and I put on my Facebook page today, there is so many dark stuff, so many um, so many people out there forgetting about the real messages that are supposed to be being delivered and the real white light, you know, Mm -hmm. it has turned into dark and it's turned into demons. Everywhere you look, there's demons, you know, and that's not, that's not true. Yes. You know, and there are people here that work in the white light and there are people that want to deliver the messages to the people that need it, because my way of thinking, somebody, somebody dies, well, that person has gone on to heaven or wherever, Mm -hmm. and then the person here on earth, well, the person is worried about their loved ones if they made it to heaven, and then the person in heaven is worried about the person worrying here on earth, so the messages need to get through, but if people, people stop, they don't they don't think about that anymore it's all about who can get a tv show who whose kids see the most demons who's yeah. gonna say oh oh my god i see something somebody just touched me you know i mean come on well you know what and, and, and it's know, really funny it's because before
1: about? people were i'm not gonna say people didn't say they had a haunted house but they were sometimes you know you kind of felt the stigma and then we're talking here regular dead people or even residual stuff People were like, I don't want to talk about that because people think I'm weird. And now it's, no, that's just too ordinary. <laughs> if if I'm exactly. going to be haunted, yeah. I want the triple X, uh, nth degree, uh, most severe. And I'm thinking to myself, you really don't understand the concept, do you? You really don't know what comes with what you're talking about, despite what you see on the TV uh, or
2: the mm. movies that. Yeah, I'm... I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Ah, I have been told when I walk by people they can feel the white light around me. Okay. I've had um, one woman in particular she, I walked past her she goes oh my god I just feel your white light. Um, I had dinner shows at the Ohio State Reformatory oh, up wow. in Mansfield, Ohio mm. for five weeks. And that is supposed to be the most haunted place going. God. Well, I had a good time up there. I mean, I had the spirits. The spirits were really nice. Um, other people say, oh, there's demons and all this stuff. Well, <clears throat> I've walked down, I've started walking down dark stairs and okay. my gosh, can't see because it was a haunted house at the time. And I had a spirit. He came up to me and he says, ma'am, do you need help down the stairs? And I'm like, no, thank you. I'm okay. And he said, okay. And I mean, it was the real spirit. It was It was not a living person. Okay. And then later on, I had lilac perfume blown in my face. Okay. And I'm like, well, hello. Hello to you two. I found out later it was the warden's wife that had been killed there. Wow. And she was saying hello to me, too. And I attract all the good the good ones, thank God. You know, um, I really haven't gotten in with any of the really bad spirits. I'm not saying they're not out there. Right. But I don't think they're out there as much as everybody's making them out to be. And I'm probably going to get a lot of backlash well, about that. Well, you know that. what, it, the thing is that...
1: Sometimes, you know, and and, and I'm going to blame it on Hollywood. I'm going to blame it on movies and yeah. shows and stuff like that. But yeah. people don't realize that a lot of these shows, you know, at the end of the day, what they're trying to do is get an audience. And even if there is something there, all these, these people, they're there for maybe a week the most while they're doing a show. And then whatever happened, if they stirred something up, whether it was good, bad, or ugly, they leave. Exactly. They're gone. They're off yeah. to their next location. And people don't realize that when you start wanting this because you're bored, let's go with that, uh, that you, when you all of a sudden start getting scared and want to back out of it, like saying, oh my God, this is, that's just not the way it works sometimes. Because you've opened that door.
2: Exactly. And you can provoke people, you know, spirits and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because I have a, you know, um, all the white light around me or maybe right. because I'm afraid of them that they're there to talk to me. I've gone to Oklahoma again. I had a, um, I was working with a paranormal team out there. Okay. And I went in, it was a train station, and it was a guy from the 1980s. And him and a woman that, you know, he liked and she liked him and stuff. Well, he had something to say to another psychic, a resident psychic medium, Mm -hmm. which he couldn't say Uh to her because for some reason the communication wasn't working. I stood there as a mediator between the two of them going back and forth and saying, you know, what was going on. And Mm -hmm. that that was good, you know. We've had some, I've had some people where I've had to do that before. And then they get into arguments, and I'm in the middle of an argument. I'm like, Yeah, hey, <laughs> like, you wait guys, wait. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to stand here and argue," you know. But um, well, you it's know, very interesting. I, well, sometimes people it.
1: don't understand that. Let's say, like you know, we're talking. We're not talking any demonic. Let's say we're just talking a regular person that passed away that for some whatever reason got stuck. Whether that, you know, sometimes these people for some reason they're they may be unhappy or like you said, maybe they were ill and they're kind of still stuck in that death state. Uh, or there was something that they felt that didn't get done. And, you know, perception is your reality. You could look at and go, you mean you stay behind because of that? But everybody's different. And But the thing is, yeah. that sometimes when you have these, you know, when people pull in sometimes these spirits, all of a sudden, you know, they may be perhaps at the end of their lives, they were either unhappy, confused, or even sick human beings that still carry that energy with them. So... basically bringing them around into your space where you live at, it's not really the wisest thing. That's why I tell people, you know, especially when they, you know, everybody wants to be a paranormal investigator or ghost hunter. Is like that's great, but you really got to have really good boundaries about this. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I had actually the same psychic meeting the resident one I was telling you about, Mm -hmm. um, her had gotten possessed and she had to tell that, you know, tell to go. And I've had, um, I've had, you know, spirits for that I've had to tell and go and stuff like that. But I'm not saying that all spirits are good. I'm not saying that no, they're all bad. No. I'm just saying that it seems like society today, they're going for, like you said, the shock and awe. And never mind the people that are hurting that need the real messages from people.
1: Oh, yeah, of course, of course. But, you know, it's just something that it's a question of entertainment and, of course, money. That's what it boils down to. And it's like, even if it's un- kind of unrealistic or lopsided, uh, that, yeah, that there's a, there's a lot of that going around and they don't see the flip side of it, which is ultimately you're talking about a human soul. You know, that... Exactly. That's the most important thing to think about. Uh, and let me ask you, you mentioned that you had worked on missing person cases. And you just told me also that you had gotten a license as a private investigator... And I think that is so interesting because uh, people don't realize sometimes people go missing and they're never found. Uh, And people don't really, as a matter of fact, it's not ever verified if if there was foul play or if this person just walked, you know, just decided, hey, I'm gonna leave. Nobody ever knows anything about them.
2: Right, and then I became a private investigator, well, Actually, I'm kind of thrown to it, but um, I started thinking about it was because be taken more seriously. Because they say psychic medium, there are a dime and a dozen and a half of them, three-quarters of them are fake. So yeah. we want a real person. So I figured with the private investigator you know, being a private investigator. And in Tennessee, I also own my own private investigator agency. So, I've got that going, and I'm really actually just starting it because I've Mm -hmm. only been licensed for two months. Right. So, um, I have followed missing people just to see, you know, in my, followed up in the newspaper or online, whatever, to see if I'm right on what I pick up, and I'm 100% right. That's great. Everything that I pick So, um, I'm looking to get out there to bring, people home. And that's what I had to tell the Tennessee commission. I want to bring home all ages because all ages go missing, not just little kids, but you know, the elderly go missing too. And in between.
1: Yeah. I mean, even now, I don't know if they have it up where you're at, but we have those silver alerts, you know, when they have uh which is basically saying this is an elderly person and this is their make and the the tag on the vehicle and and you know of course we have people that walk out the front door sometimes because either if they have alzheimer's or they're just old and they get disoriented and sometimes a lot of people get taken advantage of when they're elderly Uh,
2: yeah well i had an uncle disappear when i was about two years old and he was never found And I believe he's dead. I don't think he's ever going to be found. But, um, you know, they go out at all ages. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even matter. Like 40, 50, 30, 20, whatever, they disappear. And, um, yeah, people do need help in finding these people. And that's where I'm hoping to go with this. Well, and people, I think, uh, don't
1: understand that um there's something for and, and, and there's some things because sometimes people say uh, let's say like what you said about your uncle sometimes even if it's just to tell the person or the family this is what exactly. happened this is what happened you know maybe they already know or suspected or kind of accepted that maybe this person is dead okay but just exactly. the fact of actually knowing what happened to this person.
2: Yeah. Well, it's either bringing the person back or mm-hmm. giving the family closure. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I
2: I have I have a lot of people coming to me and saying, Mary, here, can you help find this person or whatever? And I'm like, well I need the I need the family to contact me. I just can't go do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And um I've heard of people that have been missing Where psychic mediums that go knocking up their door. Hey, I'm a psychic medium. I can help you find your child I mean, or whatever. Like, yeah, get off my door separate. And I'm like, I don't do that. Um, I have a really good reputation. And if somebody wants to, wants me to investigate something, mm-hmm. The person's got to come to me because I'm not going to go no. ambulance chase. I Absolutely, that is exactly, you,
1: Exactly. This has got to be something where that person or that family has arrived. Like this is this is what we want to do to find out. Uh, and thankfully, now a lot of uh, the medical examiners <clears throat> are taking.
0: We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by root metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. We did it again.
1: Because I know um, in a lot of jurisdictions, what they'll do is they'll hold the body maybe a year, and then eventually they cremate it. But now, thankfully, what they're doing is they're taking DNA samples, so yeah. that they can even years afterwards they can match up. Uh, and you you know, the the person with a family member, if the family yeah.
2: member ever goes missing, and uh, well, I have. I knew somebody who went missing. Um, He was, I didn't know about this until later, but he walked out of a place Mm -hmm. and dropped dead and nobody knew who he was and put him in a no name um, grave. And his sister a year later started looking for him and she found him. He was in that grave. So Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. at least they have some kind of Mm -hmm. DNA that they could match up with it.
1: Well, uh, I tell, I've, um, I wrote up about this one time I wrote a short article about it because you know when when I was said originally sometimes people go missing and nobody nobody realizes how many unidentified people are found and there was this one story of a girl she was a teenager runaway you know uh, abusive uh, situation at home in Wyoming she ends up here in Florida up in like the Orlando area she's 17 years old Unfortunately, marries or hooks up. I want to say with a guy who's in his 40s, which is here. She's doing again. She's falling again into that pattern of violence and abuse. But make a long story short, she's crossing the I-4, which is a super busy highway. Gets killed. Gets hit by a car, truck. I think it was. She didn't have any identification on her, nothing at all. Wow. And this was back in the 80s. This was prior to the you know DNA being a big thing. Uh, so right. they, since she had just been killed recently, they were able to sketch her. It was not a mystery what she looked like. It wasn't a skeletal remains. So, um, they sketched her, they, you know, they put out feelers, didn't come up with anything as far as missing persons, et cetera, et cetera. Eventually she was buried, like you said, in the potter's field or, but the medical examiner is what they do now, um, uh, and the uh, i don't know if you've heard of her she had, used to have a show dr g she's um she's a pathologist out of the orlando area she used to have a show and um no I'll, I'll, i'm gonna before i go there um many years later she had a friend of hers from when she was a teenager back in wyoming one day i guess start thinking i wonder what happened to so and so And every once in a while, they would flash that sketch they'd taken of her face, like as a missing person. You know, when they put out these missing people, unidentified. Uh, Right. This friend of hers, which of course now she's an adult, starts thinking, I wonder what happened to her. I guess she was looking through some type of database. Comes across the sketch and goes, man, that really looks like so-and-so. Yeah. She contacts the jurisdiction, of the police department were, you know, were, you know, because they usually have a, you know, call this number, if you have any information or blah, blah, blah. It turns out right. that it was, as a matter of fact, that lady, Dr. G did, they exhumed her because this was prior to cremation. They actually, you know, they were actually burying the bodies. Uh, exactly. And the thing was, she was never cross referenced because her family of origin in Wyoming hadn't even bothered to report her missing. That's why when they were, when she first got killed, she didn't match any, anybody, you know? And if it wasn't for this friend who many years later decided to find out what happened to her f- friend, yeah. nobody would have ever known what had happened to her.
2: Well, I'll tell you, sometimes parents do stupid things. Mm-hmm. I, um, through a friend, I was at a friend's house one time and this 14 year old girl came banging at the door because she had a fight with her boyfriend and she was having an anxiety attack. And to go, um, we ended up calling an ambulance for her and mm-hmm. she hooked down to me and wanted me to go in the ambulance with her and, you know, be at the hospital and get an exam and all this stuff. And all the time I'm trying to reach her father, Okay. her father let her come to meet this 19 year old guy. And the girl was only 14. And I'm like, do you realize what could have happened to your daughter? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he just not give two craps, you know. And I'm like, you know, I'd kill my daughter oh, if she sh- took off from one state to another to meet some guy at 14 years old. Exactly.
1: But it's like, and this is the thing, because sometimes, and I tell everybody, I know sometimes that, you know, families, when they have these teenagers that are chronic runaways, sometimes yeah. they don't bother You know, to to, because what happens is that when you put out a a missing persons report on a juvenile, once they come back, the police has got to come back and eyeball them again. So the family's like, oh, my God, I'm not going to go through that again. But once that person disappears, they eventually go, man, she's I haven't heard from so and so. So they do put out a missing persons report. And apparently her family had never done it ever, not even initially when she disappeared or ever. There was no point where they said, yeah. hey, I haven't heard or seen or gotten a letter or a phone call from this person. So yeah. that was it. And that that shows, of course, a, lo- a lack of... Like, almost similar to what you were describing about this girl who her dad just yeah. gave her a thumbs up. Yeah, go meet some stranger <laughs> that's an adult and are not. And it's funny not. because...
2: It's funny because it happened in St. Pete, Florida. I used to live in Plant City. So... um yeah this was this was something it, I couldn't believe it because he they were from Idaho Iowa Idaho or Iowa I think it was Idaho and um, I had to chase him down he was in a bar okay so and then I had to tell him you know what was going on and then she had to have a female and I ended up in there with her too and I mean I didn't even know the girl I just felt so sorry for her because she was 14 years old and you know right. nobody was there you know nobody cared. to help her nobody cared and I mean she ended up getting an STD from this guy and um, her father was just very nonchalant about everything nobody cared that's what it was nobody cared yep exactly yeah. exactly and that's why today we have so many kids that are out there on the street Mm -hmm. um either you know hooking or drug addicts or um, some that have been kidnapped look at this look up in Ohio with the three women that were held for 10 years you know I mean and Jean Smart all that you know or not Jean Smart but the smart girl but right you you know all these girls and human trafficking is happening to guys now and it's happening to middle-aged people
1: yes people and, and what they don't know is that what they do because they're real smart you know despite you know the databases and that now more more police departments are on the same page kind of they kind of know that if they move uh, in, in other words let's say if they're doing some type of trafficking and prostitution, They'll have them for yeah. a few months, let's say in Miami, for example. And before some task force is put together, they move them, let's say to Atlanta, you know, or they'll follow, it's you awesome. know, if there's some big event going on in a the city, uh, they'll say, you know, we'll go there and we'll be there a couple of weeks or a month, whatever. And then right. by the time the police catch up and say, hey, you know, there's somebody that's, they, they, they move off someplace else. And that's how a lot of times they, they're... They evade capture.
2: Uh, I, I feel like this um, generation is the entitlement in generation because they think they're entitled to everything and it can't happen to them. It's worse than when we were kids. Oh,
1: yes. And I mean, um, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I... And, and, and i just tell everybody you know when you're young you always have that mentality nothing bad can happen to you and i think that that happens to everybody you know when you're young nothing <laughs> exactly. that, that's hell. Oh, that's gonna happen to, oh my god you know when you would you know when your parents tell you don't do that you know? but um yeah. sometimes uh i agree that some kids live too much in la la land i don't know if it's the proliferation of video <laughs> games or that sometimes maybe parents shelter them in a in the wrong ways they don't care enough about what they're doing but they don't let them also have a taste of consequences of your actions it's like a weird you know dichotomy of one and the other uh but yeah and a lot of them are very impulsive how's that you get mad at your parents and instead of going to your room and saying i hate my parents you run off (laughs) you run away it's like what are you doing hello (laughs) do you understand what you're doing
2: When I was a teenager in the 60s and 70s, people would do that, you know, but it was safe. They didn't really run away, you know, really go anywhere. Right. But nowadays, it's just, you know, it's ridiculous. And these kids just, they want to grow up too fast is what it is. Right. But Well, um, and I think,
1: I also think that there's, besides the families that like that that, you know, the parent or parents that don't care. I think, yeah, also, but I've seen
2: a lot of, yeah, there's, there's a, a there,
1: there's a message of like, you don't need your parents. You don't, you know, in other words, who are they to tell exactly. you what to do? Your parent? Hello, how's that? Yeah. 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 If I agree with you on that one. But
2: anyway, that's why I became a private investigator. I mean, Taza, there's there's
1: plenty to do. I'll tell you that much. There's plenty to do out there. Uh, and yeah, i and i'm going to say you know and i'm sure you've run across this mary especially if you've worked in law enforcement most uh law enforcement agencies are their caseloads are very high so when they get given a runaway or possible missing person sometimes it doesn't stay at the top of their list very long i know you
2: know i'm that's a shame but they have so many they've got so much bull crap going on mm-hmm. that i can actually
1: see why yeah yeah oh well you know oh. it's like you know if you've got a murder or an assault or a robbery and then you've got a person who and, and, and this is why mm-hmm. i tell them you know if you've got let's say a kid that's maybe run away a couple of times and you report it to the police and the police unfortunately they're going to say oh okay well you know it's just a runaway for example even though the parent will say no, exactly. they, this is something different. They, they, you know, this you know, they this, my child wouldn't stay away this long, or they would have called me. Let's face it, they're not going to give it the same urgency as. That's true. Yeah. You know, and, and you run That's across very that. very yeah, yeah. No, they uh, they it's it's like I said, there's plenty, uh, there's plenty out there, and uh, also with uh, you know, and is we're we're from that same generation you know we grew up with nobody had cellular phones you know you had the only exactly. phone was at home <laughs>
2: you know
1: yeah tied to a wall <laughs> you know so before right it was tied to the wall and <laughs> i remember you know uh there was a certain time you no phone calls were expected at the house like if that phone rang it was something was happening somewhere in the family. So you know like you were expected you know of course when you're a teenager you do that sometimes that weekend i'm going to talk to the but it wasn't the norm, you know, for people to be calling. In other words, that it was—it was a time where you were sh- shut down, and you know, you were at home and you were with your family, and uh, you oh, know. Oh yeah. And that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and connections yeah, are made sometimes, unfortunately, not. between your kids, especially. It doesn't even have to be a teenager, and wrong people pretending to be what they're not. Um, yeah. And, exactly and they lure him away they lure him out of homes out of uh oh meet me here me. maybe it's something similar to what you were talking about sometimes a 19 year old turns out to be a 29 year old so right yeah, yes it is it is unfortunately it's but it's just a, one of those things and i'm sure each generation when things are going on they say it's never been as bad as this but um now let me ask you you also work uh with uh with Re- reiki um yeah. Do you incorporate that as far as
2: well as I far consider as the energy it, work? Yeah. And I consider it um like an inside massage. Okay. Because and I tell everybody I am not a doctor mm-hmm. of medicine. What I do is I go in I see where you might be having problems, I identify them, I tell you them. And um Sometimes I'll, like, go in there and try to, like, kind of massage it to make it feel better. And if it's something you need to see a doctor about, you should see a doctor about it. And then when I'm in there, a lot of times I'll align and clear the chakras that help people that feel off balance and stuff like that. Usually their chakras need to be cleared.
1: Right, right. And... That's what what I was talking about originally. Is sometimes, you know, people manifest stuff physically. Don't get me wrong; I, I have nothing with yeah. But there's sometimes there's a spiritual component as far as the energy in our bodies, uh, whether it's yeah. because of bad nutrition or just God you knows. Sometimes people are stressed out and they're trying to multitask all the time, multitasking while they're multitasking.
2: But also, don't forget, um, a lot of times, and past people who have all these feelings and stuff, they can't be around a lot of other people yes. because they suck in their energy. Oh
1: my God, you are absolutely right about that. You are absolutely now, right about that. And people don't really... And you know, that, you're right, you're right. People. There's people that... Um, I call them nails. There's nails so firmly to the earth, they could be around everyth- anything, you know? And it's like, unless it's a two by four and it falls on their head, they're like, huh? And then there's other people that are... They're just more, they're like sponges. They they pick up a lot and uh, they get affected, in other words, by yep. just stuff going on around them. Or in some cases, if there's t- a person around them.
2: I'll tell you, people can feel my energy. Like, I'm from Pennsylvania originally. So we talk fast, and a lot of people think, because we talk fast, that we're, we're excited about something or we're nervous about something. Well, it's funny because my son ended up in the hospital last weekend okay. and he had passed out and we couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. Well, I was calm. I, I finally got calmed down, but my energy, everybody else could feel my energy bouncing off the walls. And this is a new one because usually I'm bouncing off the walls, but I'm calm. But everybody else could feel my energy going crazy. (laughs) And I had a friend tell me one time, she was a psychic, she goes, I can't read you until you can calm your energy down. And I can calm my energy down. But now it's going wacky and I don't even realize it. So, you know, sometimes it's me just talking to somebody or it's me being my pennsylvania self with the you know with the loud talking and the rushing talking and all that stuff and i'm as clear as day and i'm calm as day but now all of a sudden my my energy has taken a turn where it's bouncing off the walls and other people are feeling it and i'm not and that's really weird well you know what it's it also depends
1: i mean there's a lot of things it depends on the timing of things as far as what our energy or or the person involved uh right i hate to say it usually when it has to do with children with our children even if you know they're adults that exactly that's, that's the one thing i think because like i tell everybody no matter how old they are they're they're always your children
2: um yeah Well, we had him in the hospital because my daughter-in-law called and said he passed out. And then we got him to the hospital. He passed out. again at the hospital and uh, bumped his head. Mm -hmm. But um, we found out it's a bleeding ulcer and a a hernia. I mean, he's fine. But while we were dealing with that, he was admitted to the hospital for four days. My one doctor, my one daughter was visiting him and she got sick and ended up in the emergency room so i had one on oh my the seventh oh, floor God. and one in the emergency yeah. room so
1: yeah. yeah okay yeah but that's that's <laughs> like a lot of times that uh yeah we can that we can you know you could you know you could say they're an adult and everything but you know when it comes to our children there's always something that you can't you can't just like you can't tell yourself oh calm down i mean you do but not no. really not truly it's well, it.
2: my son is thirty. My son is thirty. He's mm-hmm. Married, he has children, and he's about to have a baby. My daughter's thirty-seven, and she has three kids. And when they they get worried or they get nervous or something's wrong, it's always mom. Of course, <laughs> even tell... though they're parents themselves, you know. Oh yes, but... absolutely.
1: I tell everybody, you know, it doesn't. Oh. Of course, and I, I still have the same. know the same thing you know i have three kids and they're all in their 30s and it's the same thing when you know uh it's like well mom you know and yeah i get that same call believe me i've gotten that same call all the time all the time you know they're very they're they're pretty independent don't get me wrong but always when you know they're always like or they'll I have one son, my youngest, he'll call me like a, like, he's just calling me like, oh, just how's everything, mom, blah, 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 blah. And I know, okay, here it comes. And it's always somehow to ask my advice about something, but he doesn't <laughs> want to come straight out and ask me, you know, because it sounds like I'm asking my mother for advice. So he'll call me like on some pretext, like, ah, oh, just everything okay there? Yeah, yeah, everything is fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting for it. Uh-huh. And then he'll say, well, you know, uh, this and this. And what do, what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's like, yeah. But I have to always couch it. Like, I'm not telling him what to do either. So
2: <laughs> Yeah. Like, my daughter walked in and now, now, I've had it. I have five kids. And three of them were girls. And girls are harder to raise than boys. And now, I'm, my daughter's come to me about my 15-year-old grandson and his love life. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's,
1: yes. it's just funny. It's like, yeah. oh, I want to be 15 again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah, and of course, when you're 15, everybody's in a real hurry to be grown up and be adults. And it's like, it's really funny because you have yeah. you will have adults that will tell you, oh, don't worry. You'll, and you're like, no, no. I, I need to be an adult <laughs> and drive and have a job. And yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Believe me, you'll get plenty of that eventually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Long. And then
2: you're going to then you're going to want to wish you were 15 again and letting your parents handle everything. Sure, yeah.
1: Even though nowadays but, it's the other way. I, I'm not going to say because my kids are pretty good because like my, my youngest, he went to the Navy right out of high school and the others, I told him, you know, if you're going to school. But nowadays we have, you know, I'm sure you, we've all heard about sometimes the kids nowadays, they they, they want to stay at home forever. <laughs> it's like... I know somebody like that, yeah. Yeah. like, yeah, yeah. You, mean, you mean have to worry about a boss and and paying the rent and you know why if i've got my dad. mom and my dad or you know that will handle that for me so yeah yeah that's that, that that's comes back to what you were saying originally about sometimes the the parents over uh they they, they overdo it when it comes to taking care of uh, being you know letting go of uh you have to let the responsibility hit them on the head a little bit when they're younger oh yeah so that they don't yep at some point, they're like, <clears throat> okay, you have to be an adult, bye. Fly, little bird, fly, like I said. But anyway, Mary, I wanted to thank you so much for being a guest. You have been absolutely wonderful. And uh, for my podcast audience, what is your website
2: address if they wanted to go ahead and get in touch with you? Okay, it's mm-hmm. Barrett, org org okay perfect and I'll
1: have uh, a link to the website on the credits of the show but again yeah, again if they want to okay, contact great. you for whatever services and if you have any events you I know you have the books and now if you're also I imagine if you uh, are you going to because you're licensed only for your state you're only going to work within the state that you're at right as far as if anybody needs that type um, of help. no no
2: no actually you uh, recipient <laughs> with other Oh, you are. We perfect. Go, and we can also get permission from that state that um we don't have it with so yeah we could i can go anywhere pretty much i believe so perfect. if anybody needs any help like that all they have to do is call
1: perfect perfect okay so you all have it you know they can give you a call or Just contact with- you via email and find out you know if uh you know if you can help them out uh whether it's through the private investigation uh or any of the other things that you do which i and i hate to well, say my
2: invest it. i'm sorry go ahead my investigation my investigation has a different website oh what's did that? you want that yeah 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 it's www w dot a-l-i-m-e-n dot com. Okay. Elementary P-I.
1: Okay. All right. And let me ask you, just in case, if anybody wants, will you have a link from your regular website over there or no?
2: I I believe so, yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. Just in case for anybody, either way, that wants to, for whatever reason, you know, uh, contact you, and maybe, you know, you could tell them, uh, you know explain to them maybe because sometimes people are a little bit confused as to really what they want or what they need uh, as far as yeah. in cases where uh, whether it's something personal for them or a family member uh, or like you said that sometimes you know people don't realize that you have mm-hmm. to actually get that request directly from either a parent or a family member before you can move forward on something right. like that.
2: Well- Exactly. And I have, I do have a link up on my Barrett to my PI one. So um, it's right on the first page.
1: Perfect. Excellent. Excellent. All right, Mary, thank you so much. You have been wonderful. God, you do so many things. You must, you must be a real busy lady. Let me tell you.
2: Yeah, sometimes. (laughs) Thanks for asking me to be on. It's been great. It has been my my pleasure.
1: Likewise. Take care. You
2: too. Okay.
1: Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. Let me tell you, something. I'm not kidding. She was really be busy. Um, because uh, the thing is this, people don't realize that, uh, you know, because sometimes people think of being either psychic or paranormal investigators, and sometimes the, there's a lot of people in the field that also branch out into other fields okay um and this is um uh how can i say it especially when it comes to something that's painful like missing person uh some people shy away from that um they don't realize or how can I say yes you know everybody always thinks of the missing let's say let's go with the PI stuff which um believe me the the psychic abilities helps but but most people don't realize that even if you're psychic you can still come put that aside because let's face it to get things done you have to work in the real world whether it's with a police department or the jurisdiction or interviewing people depending on how old this case is i mean a lot of things you know you, you, in other words you have to be be able to communicate all right you just can't sit in your house and go mm. and sometimes that's what families want you know maybe they do want a psychic impression from you but then what do we go with this and i wasn't kidding sometimes and and i'm sure you've seen some shows where they say where if the cases become cold or if it was somebody that had a history of running away or there's was somebody that disappeared without any signs of violence okay and if it's an adult especially because believe it or not there is no law against a person just deciding I don't want to live in this place anymore there's nothing there that says you have to uh, give a written notice and tell people hey I am leaving I'm moving to the other side of the country you can you could you could just decide I don't want to live here anymore, and I'm not going to tell anybody. So, but the point being that sometimes police departments, unless there's a big red arrow that says, "Hey, there was some type of crime that took place," or this is really unusual for this person to do, or um, eventually, maybe initially they'll pay attention, but they got so many cases sometimes that have that are really on the face of them demanding that it's inevitable sometimes these cases get pushed to the side especially as one day goes by another day goes by another day goes by you know and to the poor family or parent or whoever's involved this this is just as fresh as it was the first day and sometimes you know they could um, they could you know badger the police department but sometimes they realize one of two things if it's kind of fresh They know that time is of the essence, okay? Or if time has passed by, sometimes even years, whether they suspect or think that this person might have even been, is deceased, could be for a lot of reasons. Could be this person was involved in a risky lifestyle. Could be because they know this person would never up and just disappear and and we never hear from this person. Something had to happen. Even if they kind of, suspect it know it anticipate it they still want to know okay they still want to know what happened to this person can we find this person did somebody do something bad to them did did anybody get arrested and so they go to somebody let's say like mary who can yeah give them maybe a psychic impression but then what you know oh let's say you go to a psychic And they'll tell you uh no yeah your daughter your son they're still alive they're still but i feel they're out in the west coast okay and you know sometimes families want more than a feeling okay they want like hey i want i need somebody to go out there and do the legwork uh to interview people find out what's going on uh make a connection with the police department okay You'd be surprised sometimes families, they are not aware of that, you know, all these police departments have a list of unidentified victims that they've come across. Because believe me, there are a lot, a lot of people that are, remains, that are found that are never identified, okay? Even whether it's skeletal remains, like I said, now they're they're taking Uh, DNA samples so even if the remains are cremated they still have something that if they have to they can you know cross-reference it with you know whether it's skeletal remains or somebody that was recently killed or died sometimes people do die sometimes people get really sick and they go to a hospital and they die and they don't really know who this person is so the point being that nowadays there's a lot of people that things happen to them and if it's just even a little bit far away from where they live at they can fall through the cracks and then the families or whoever it is might be a friend they go to somebody like mary who does the legwork or finds out you know whether through psychic compression or through phone calls talking to the police uh what do you got Uh, looking at databases of missing people, see if there's a matchup, Uh, things like that to narrow the field down. You know, not every, sometimes people are found alive, believe it or not. There's a lot of times people have disappeared. And I'm not talking only young runaways. I'm talking about full grown people have disappeared and everybody's thinking they're dead and they're not. They're just alive and have another life. They decided to do that and even when that's the case that family at least knows okay this person was a real mm, eh, who knows for whatever reason maybe they're not and uh decided to just leave but at least we know that person's alive and they're making their way in life or as a matter of fact there was another story uh this this was a couple of years ago that it came out. Same thing, very similar to what I described. Young guy, he was I wanna say he was I think he was originally from Mississippi. And, you know, seventeen this was back in the seventies. In the seventies, okay. And he was, I guess, kinda crazy hanging with the wrong crowd. Uh would run away, come back. Not really even run away. He was just just doing stuff he shouldn't have stupid stuff hanging out with the wrong people and i believe he had been arrested for something minor but he was even like in juvenile prison he gets out I, I can't remember if he got out or if he escaped something like that i think he had just gotten out He was 17. he's in texas same thing he's running across this big um highway in texas in the middle of texas gets killed by a car okay and I want to say this was right after he got out. It has no idea on him. I mean, I remember reading that his his belt was a rope. He had a like a rope, you know, instead of a belt on his pants. Gets killed. Same thing. They make a really really good sketch of his face. Okay. The put up all these different uh. You know, business back in the 70s, flyers, everything, hoping somebody's gonna step forth, identify them. They kind of cross-reference it again. Remember, this is this is not as interconnected as it is before, as far as a missing people database. Can't find anything. This happened like in a little town in Texas, where the jurisdiction that it fell into people were nice enough, like in that that community, that everybody chipped in and they buried him, unidentified guy. Uh, believe it or not I want to say well 40 something years later and I can't remember I'm sorry I can't remember the ladies names Uh, some of these ladies that worked at the police department and another organization that worked with putting together the uh, people like that people that are deceased and never identified they finally found him. He had been reported missing by his family in Mississippi way back in the 1970s I mean in other words His family, he he was kind of a crazy kid, but every time he would do crazy stuff, he would always stay in touch with his family. He would know, hey... uh, In other words, he would either pop up someplace or he would make a phone call, call his mother. Then, of course, after that incident, that was it. They never heard from him again. And uh, they got an answer 40 years later about what had happened to him. Uh, And I believe the family decided just to leave him be buried, stay buried. Of course, I believe they changed the, uh, you know, the tombstone. And they gave him his name and everything. And uh, but my point being that sometimes because of the sheer number of people that go missing, uh, or remains that are found, that there's just no way to trace them. Uh, and then the volume of crimes that police departments deal with, these cases just fall on the wayside and the more time goes by stuff that's recovered is get puts in a box shoved somewhere i've heard of sometimes even evidence rooms throwing stuff out or places even being burnt down and the evidence or whatever was that was collected if they ever do collect anything it's gone and i think that that's of all the situations that that would be one of the most horrible of never ever knowing what happened to this person okay even if in your mind you're thinking i know that this person is deceased but again and uh i imagine something you know i mean i I know of, of private investigators and um they're not psychic I'll tell you what, they, they, they won't admit it out loud, but a lot of them would absolutely take input from a psychic or from somebody that's sensitive because they realize they believe me and, and uh, they've worked enough situations where sometimes and contrary to not like what she's saying where where you know people show up on your doorstep and uh, offer their services for a certain fee it's like, uh, no, no, that's not going to happen. That's not good either. That's not good either. And and, and I'm glad she pointed that out, whereas I am not going to go out there, like she said, ambulance chasing. This has got to be something that that family or that parent or whoever it is wants and comes to me and then I explain and then they, you know, in other words, they've come to that point, that decision that this is what they want or that they maybe again maybe the police department just is fresh out of leads okay or maybe it's been a lot of years could be a a lot of different stuff a lot of different stuff and i'm not kidding you know there's always been um there's always always been a big danger for runaways don't get me wrong that's not a modern thing okay Uh, runaways have always been the targets for predators and for people trying to take advantage especially if you're young and you have nobody to take care of you or you're mad or you know God knows maybe you've got stuff going on at home they recognize that that makes uh, a young person very very vulnerable which makes them easy to manipulate but that being said nowadays people don't have any idea how much human trafficking and smuggling it's 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 a lot of money a lot of money is made with that prostitution uh, and by this I mean boys and girls okay all ages and you're disposable you're disposable because you know what they know that when this person is not useful for whatever reason there's plenty others i can get you know it's like a no big deal you know and and if you think about it who you're dealing with in all these that are, are all psychopaths and sociopaths okay psychopaths and sociopaths in other words they have no mercy they don't care they don't see you as a human being uh they just see you as a commodity to be used and when you're not useful and as in you're not bringing them any more money they get rid of you you know people sometimes think oh well they let you go no they don't let you go and walk on your way one of two things happens either you die because God knows maybe you develop a drug habit you got sick or if that's not the case but you're not used they kill you you know people think oh at some point no they kill you what what so you could talk about everything you saw while you were being shuttled around the country, maybe being pr- prostituted, or you saw things that were going on, or you know the locations of little brothels that they got, you think they're going to let people like that walk away? Absolutely not. The most you're going to get is that sometimes, sometimes, and this is a rare exception, is they'll groom maybe a young prostitute to become a madam or an enforcer madam is a nice word an enforcer for them and when they grow a little bit older like okay you know what i'm going to leave you in charge of this house and you're going to rule it with an iron hand so because i need to go maybe you're a pimp or you're you're you know you're going from house to house so you need somebody there at that location that's going to run that place like a like a boot camp and a lot of them are ruthless because they're, they you know what? They feel, first of all, they feel very special because now they're they're on the other side of the equation. Plus, they don't want to go back to having sex with a multitude of people, so they'll do anything to be on the other side of that. So sometimes they can be horrible as enforcers, but otherwise, no, you don't walk away from stuff like that, and people don't realize um, that. You know, and everybody always thinks, oh yeah, because of the serial killer stuff, because you know, there's so much that you hear about serial killers. Let me tell you something, a lot more fall victim to these uh prostitution rings than serial killers. Okay. So then serial killers. They again they, they there's there's no exit when you're there unless unless the cops bust down the door and you know, they are able to get everybody out of there. But outside of that, or unless you're one of the few that for some reason is gets smarter, one day actually runs away very, very far. But unfortunately, that's that's the rare occasion when that happens. But anyway, guys, I think speaking to her was super interesting. And I think that, um, you know, like everything else, the paranormal world the real world and the paranormal or the scientific overlaps in a lot of different ways uh again i'm gonna have a credit uh, a link to to mary's website on the credits of the show and you already heard what her website is i urge you to check it out uh whatever you know she she i'm sure that depending on maybe whether maybe you need just a, a reading with her or maybe you need something else you know it sounds like she's a very understanding lady Uh, that she can help you out and point you in the right direction or tell you, this is what I can do for you. So thanks, guys, for being part of this audience. You are all wonderful, and thank you for coming back every week. See you next week, which, by the way, I have a lot of great guests coming on. Take care. Hey, Tom.
2: I'm heading to Walmart because you know what season it is.
0: Oh, is it pumpkin spice season?
2: Uh, No, it's flu season, and Walmart gives flu shots.
1: Yes, flu season is here and we've got your back with flu shots where you already shop. Our expert pharmacy team administers each flu shot and can answer your vaccine questions. Stay safe this flu season. Stop by your local Walmart pharmacy and get your flu shot today.
0: We did it again.